Hello and welcome to Rigori, the Italian football podcast that reverts to form this week as uh, this Venezia fan and that Fiorentina fan get used to defeats as usual after a good run of results, unfortunately. Uh, I'm Marco Rinaldi. And I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi, welcoming back that old familiar peen. <laughs> we will we will get to that shortly, but as ever, we record this on a Sunday evening, so I thought we should touch on what was once a clash of big clubs, but perhaps not so much now. Juve uh, against Milan. Juve, um, of course, had their points penalty or some of their points penalty reinstated. Um, they have been, in my view, atrocious, I mean, for most of the season, but uh, particularly in the last wee while. And it wasn't really a surprise to me that Milan ended up beating them tonight. No, not at all. I mean, uh, uh, the the amazing thing to me was at the start of the game, they were talking about Juve's slender hopes of qualifying for the Champions League. I, yeah, exactly. I had to go and look again at the league table. I know I know, it's confusing with the, the points deduction and then reinstated and and I do think you know the sympathy for Juventus is always in short supply on this podcast but I do feel sympathy not for the the crimes committed or allegedly committed offences whatever but the way in which the justice has been meted out has been bad for Italian football I mean yeah, the, the, I that, agree that. that 15 points and then so obviously you know the Juventus carried on I think as if that deduction hadn't been made and and actually played all right in that in that period but you know to have that at two games from the end of the season then reinstated to to some degree just made the nonsense not only for Juve but for all the teams around them as well that were fighting for a European place and then not fighting for a European place and then fighting for it again you know and I think mm-hmm. I think it was Jose Mourinho flagged that up as Ridiculous, and you know it's a it's a bad advert for Italian football to have that. But on on the game tonight, it was truly lackluster. And as I say, you know, I I just think anybody watching you, they they must have got onto the fringes of that European qualification by reputation alone, because watching them play any time this season has been torturous, really. And as I say, you know that whatever. You know, whoever you might think of them historically, they've been the great, great team, and you know they've got some great players, and that you know that squad is surely capable of delivering more entertainment than it has, and you know well, that's part of the frustration, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It no, it doesn't, and I mean, I, I think you know that I, I sensed some jeers there for Di Maria being singled out as a particular underperformer. He's certainly been. Very inconsistent. There was a brief spell where he 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 did well, but you know it did, that was an odd signing to me. Anyway, I was sceptical about that one making. But you look at the the depth that they've got to their side and and players who've been very strong in Serie A, but they just they didn't look and they didn't look that up for it tonight. To be honest, I mean Milan looked more up for it, got their goal. Could have had more on the counter attack. I think if they'd been a bit sharper and although Juve did have a, a chance at the end cleared off the line you know there, there wasn't a lot of consistency to their challenge I, I just get the feeling of a club in transition for a variety of reasons that's going to need you know some some changes to be made to get back to to where they are I mean it, it just shows you that even in an awful season 
Uh, and with a points deduction, they may well still get into Europe if Europe allows them um, to get in. But, you know, that, that game also clinched Milan's return to the, the Champions League as well. And I don't think I don't think too many people would have much to say about that, that they don't deserve it. I mean, I think the top four, you know, feels right to me that those, mm. those feel like the, the best four teams in Italy, really. You know, I mean, I know maybe maybe Roma might have something to say about that if they'd put in a bit more, you know, if Roma hadn't put all their eggs into the European basket, then they might potentially have trouble because I do think they've got quite a strong squad. But I think that, that kind of line up Napoli, Lazio, Inter, Milan, I think they've been the, the, the top four and they will represent Serie A the best in, in the Champions League next next time around. And and just before we leave you, I mean, surely one change has to be Allegri. I find it amazing that they're still talking like Allegri might still be there next season. It's incredible. Although, as you say, in terms of points gathered in the league, maybe it's justified. But uh, Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how... The thing was that the style of play was... I mean, I don't think he's always been that no. terrible. I mean, I don't remember always thinking, oh my God, it's an Allegri team... I really don't want to watch it, but I think I think there just was a spell where they were really bad, and to shore it up, they kind of went to this. There's no other way to describe it, but the Provinciale style, the provincial team. They were like the little team, even though they're a giant of Italian football. They were playing it like they were, you know, a, a, a minnow and playing on the break. And with these great players, obviously they've got good players to play it, and they were winning a lot of games. 1-0, but, you know, it was excruciating. Well, I, I found it excruciating. I imagine quite a lot of UV fans found it pretty hard to watch. I know that, you know, winning's everything. I know that great dictat, but just the same, you know, it, it wasn't a lot of fun. And so, yeah, you would think that that would be slightly worryingly. I saw Vincenzo Italiano linked with the job the other day. So, I mean, I'm saying Allegri in. Keep him. <laughs> I don't want him coming pinching our our manager and spoiling him. You've already spoiled Vlaovic. Don't don't spoil the manager too. Um, you know, but yeah, the, the tools seem there to to entertain a bit more. But it was like they got scared. They took some defeats, got scared, went defensive. It worked for a while. There were a lot of games that they ground out one 0 with you know twenty five percent possession or whatever. But that can't be. The long-term plan for a team like Juventus. I mean, they're, they're just you know, yeah, the odd game maybe needs must. You know, if you're down a man or you're you know whatever against a real European giant, but not against Monza and Lecce. I don't no, think exactly. surely you can roll the dice a bit more. And and if that's you know if Allegri's backed into a corner tactically kind of playing that way then I think you know they have to they have to look at especially in a season where Napoli's won the league playing the exact opposite playing some very nice expansive attractive football it's shown that it can be done you know it's not always that winning football is ugly football so you know I, I would imagine that, that Juventus will want a bit of that a bit of that too and it, yeah you'd think it would start with a new coach and and just touching on Napoli briefly, obviously um, won the league, most deserved team in a while, I would say, to win the league. But uh, Spalletti probably not going to be there next season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, confusing, disappointing. I suppose. I mean, it's not 
without precedent and you don't know what's gone on behind the scenes but it, yeah it does it does seem that way which you know it's a, it's a shame because there's there's definitely work still to be done notably in Europe really I think you know they've got a kind of open account there that this season the Scudetto was enough but you know if they can keep that team together and add a few more you know valuable kind of substitutes and um, or people to press that that first team, then you know they looked like a team that could really do something in Europe as well. It's a shame, but as I say, yeah, and that's another job that Vincenzo Italiano has been linked with as well, <laughs> and they can get their bloody hands off him as well. Um, so yeah, Italiano is at least more inspiring than. Benitez or, or, or the other ones uh, that have been like Yeah, well, I saw, saw, I think Luis Enrique seems to be top of the top of the shopping list. So, I mean, keep him away from Mauro Tassotti if he comes back <laughs> to Italy. That's a, that's a joke for the older uh, the older reviewer of Italian football. Um, but, ah, yeah, I mean, it's a curious thing. And it, it would be a shame if that was to be the sort of dismantling of the yeah. Napoli project. You know, I, I don't know that it has to be because in a sense... I see Spalletti as, as kind of having carried on the work that maybe Sarri did in, yeah. in Napoli as well, you know, a fresh crop of players, you know, and they've shown that they, they can find um, surprising players as well. But, you know, it just it, there seems to be, I don't know, if there's some power games going on behind the scenes that maybe De Laurentiis doesn't want to pay him as I, I, You know, I don't know if there's that's going on. But whenever I've seen what interviews I've seen, Spalletti sort of say, well, De Laurentiis knows all about it. You'll need to wait till he speaks, kind of thing. But yeah. you know, we, it looks like we'll be going our separate ways, and he's quite happy um, to go on his farm in Tuscany. And I mean, as I said earlier in the week on Twitter, who wouldn't be happy to go on a farm in Tuscany? There's a lot. There's a lot of worse things in the world. I mean, somebody did say, as long as you've got someone to do the work for you. So, I mean, I think that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Probably somebody that knew me that I wouldn't be getting my hands dirty with any any groundwork. But the, the thought of sitting on my farm in Tuscany while others did the work and I drank the wine and eat the produce yeah. would be, you know, I mean, as I say, after winning a league title, I think I could be quite happy with that. But yeah, no, it'd be, it'd be a shame. It's curious as I say, uh, Italy is a strange country for these things and you know we don't know sometimes chairman presidents don't like managers getting too big for their boots and you know they just think well you know we put the money in you're you're getting a bit too big-headed you route and you know i think the club can run fine with someone else so we'll be watching closely to see how that one plays out yeah and then uh, before before we get to our own teams just quickly looking at the relegation battle Lecce got an important win against Monza today. Um, Verona drew with Empoli. So, uh, you know, the, the, the Cremonese, for what it was worth, nearly shocked Lazio a bit. But Verona and Spezia are the ones that are really in the mix there uh, going into the last week. And w- who do you think is going to see it? Out? I, I, I felt heartache for Verona I mean, they were winning until the 96th minute and then had deflated. And it was one of those ones where it did look a bit, I know we've said, somebody asked, I think last week, are the days of the Biscotto over in Italy? And I think a wee bit they are. I don't think you get these, for people who don't know what I'm talking about, that Biscotto is the, the, not the fixed game, but the game where there's a result that suits both teams and inevitably that's the result that comes out. And I did think it had a bit of the look there that, you know, Empoli would have celebrated survival. 
Verona fighting for their lives. Verona were winning, but then a goal went in, and then it looked like only the man that scored the goal really celebrated it. And it, it was a deflected goal as well, you know, which yeah, was, was sort yeah. of double hearty. I think it went down as an own goal um, for the Verona. So that, that, I don't, but Verona's probably in better form, I think. You know, they've dragged themselves out of the mire where Spezia have been dragged into yeah. the mire. And so that brings me to kind of think that it could favour them. Verona also, I think, play Milan, who've just secured their place in Europe. So, you know, that that may that may help them. Although I think Spezia's playing someone who's got nothing Spezia's to play. Spezia's playing Roma as well. Aye, so, so you know, so yeah. they'll have nothing to play for really either. So, you know, it, it it might be another day of these there's talk, I think, that it would could be a playoff between them. And mm-hmm. that that, you know, in a way that would be the fairest way to decide. And it would be an exciting um, add on to the season. I got softer spot for softer spot for Verona, only really based on their twinning with Fiorentina, and and also, you know, they were a team that amazingly won the league title outside of sort of Turin and Milan, which that probably, I mean, I think in the history of Italian football, maybe Cagliari. In, in sort of relatively modern times, the most incredible league title story um, that there's been in Italy, you know, the place Verona, not a big team um, to, to win a title, so a bit of a softer spot for them than Spezia. But I think maybe the fairest way uh, would be that would be that playoff, because in Italy they don't decide it on goal difference. It could go if they finish level on points, we could get a showdown, and that would be that would be quite a fitting way to end it. Indeed, and uh, as a Venezia fan, I can't share your sympathies for Verona. But um, <laughs> before we get, so yeah, we were going to talk about our own teams, but we are we have just mentioned Roma there. Um, Roma, obviously, in the Europa League final this week, um, and we said last week that that was probably the most open of the finals. And I think you know, I, I still think that that is the case. It, there seems to be a question mark about DiBala whether he will be able to play a part. Um, and obviously that would be a big blow if he wasn't available, I suspect. Yeah, definitely that uh, that would hurt any team. I mean, in the end, though, I think that Roma, I mean, I saw that they, they almost did a partly bus smash and grab job in, in Florence at the weekend. Um, they are, uh, that's, that's the way they largely play as well. And, you know, so... One end, well, undoubtedly a skillful individual like that, and if the alternative is Andrea Bellotti, then that really would be a worry. But I actually saw signs of form from Stefan El Sharawi. I think he's scored now in every game, every league game he's played in May. So you know he's not a bad man to have in in reserve. And and there wasn't a lot you could take from that weekend game. I mean, Roma did get ahead and lost their lead. Um, and you know that was quite unlike them really but they've gone all in for I mean I think in, in the Serie A form table there's only them and Sampdoria that have not won a game in their last six which shows you just the extent to which they. I find it quite funny that they like you know Lazio punted Europe and Roma have, pun- yeah, have punted right. Serie yeah. A you know it's, it's a curious thing but you know the ends have justified the means, I suppose, for Lazio. They they look pretty sure to get second place in Serie A. And will the ends justify the means for Roma? I mean, I hope so. I always support the Italian team. It is a 
close one to call, I think. You know, I don't watch a lot of Spanish football, but I do know that Sevilla have got this amazing record in this competition and just find a way to win. But at the same by the same token, Roma under Mourinho are a very tough nut to crack. So yeah. I think it'll be a you know I think it'll be swings and, and roundabouts and that I think we'll get some dramatic twists and turns. I think we'll almost certainly see Jose Mourinho either booked or sent off at, <laughs> at some point during it as well. So, you know, I think it'll be it'll be a, a an epic encounter. But I hope that Roma obviously somebody like Dybala would make a huge a huge difference. But they have got, you know, and I mentioned it there, I think they had a squad that could have been top four in Serie A if they'd really yeah. wanted top four in Serie A. They've got a depth there that you know, even at the weekend, their their second string was pretty strong. Um, you know, so so they do have the players to do, it and they've got players from the bench. Um, so hopefully, as I say, they can they can manage they can manage to pull that off and stop Sevilla winning their twenty seventh edition of the the Europa League or whatever it Indeed. is. Indeed, yeah, no, we will we will definitely be supporting them uh, on Wednesday, but. Uh, we have we have talked around it enough. We will go to the Coppa Italia final first, where um, Fiorentina took the lead, but Inter fought back. And despite what I thought was a very good performance from Fiorentina in the second half, couldn't couldn't find the equaliser. So how, how did you? How did you? Yeah, yeah. That I mean, obviously, great delight in the opening minutes, and I thought Fiorentina were on top for for the opening spell. I thought that tactically. Italiano got just about perfect. They seem to have done everything to stop Interlight playing it out from the goal. They were forced to go long a lot of the time. Milenkovic was just mopping that up, bringing it back, scored a nice goal and looked to be playing well. But I, I compared it to someone sort of picking up a Rubik's Cube that Inter eventually worked out what to do. And it wasn't all that complicated, really. Get the ball to Lautaro Martinez. Yeah. No, but it, and there was more to it than that. They worked the way to cut open Fiorentina for for about twenty minutes. They looked puzzled. They looked like they didn't know how to do it. And then just suddenly, they worked it out. They got the they got the ball through there. And you know, the annoying thing to me as a Fiorentina fan was that I didn't think Inter had to do anything that mind blowing or that brilliant. And Inter can be a great team, and they can, especially down the flanks. I thought yeah. Fiorentina dealt with Di Marco very well. Dumfries had a few runs, um, you know, but they just they, they switched off a bit. It was some terrible defending from a Fiorentina point of view. Milenkovic playing the onside trap once again, and then another one where three men ran out to Barella when only one or two needed to do so. Then leave it, but you leave a man like Martinez, and that was really the story of the game. Was that because? Fiorentina had chances in the second half, and if they'd had a finisher like Martinez, yeah. I mean, in fairness to Jovic, one chance he worked the space brilliantly, yeah, just did, yeah, just yeah. couldn't get the shot away, and then another time he headed a cross goal. I mean, I thought Fiorentina, what would have been interesting would have been if Fiorentina had equalised, because by that stage, Inzaghi had done an Inzaghi mm-hmm. and whipped off anyone with any attacking intent, really, not exaggerate slightly, but he'd certainly gone cautious, and it, if Fiorentina could have forced Inter into having attack again, then you know I think they had a chance of winning, and they had their chances. There's no doubt. You know that was the the regret, as I say, was that Inter didn't have to be brilliant. They were able to get to two one quite easily, and then 
held Fiorentina off pretty well, um, but you know that it was back to old Fiorentina that created a lot of chances, but just couldn't stick them in the net. And you know that the the, the only mild consolation was still having this conference league to look forward to. That you know, hopefully they can do that. But it just it was such a familiar pain that I thought, oh, don't tell me it's going to be the same story in Europe as well. Although I was just moaning there on social media that you certainly wouldn't know that Fiorentina were in the final from the BT Sport trailer where you get one quick image of Ricardo Sotil and then another three minutes, of, well not three minutes but whatever it is, 30 seconds, you know the Europa Nights yes, Europa Nights, everything West Ham picture of Davy Moyes, picture of Davy Moyes granny, picture of <laughs> everything else to do with West Ham and then and by the way, in the logo, they're playing another team in the final. So it must have been hard, though, as I say. In fairness, Fiorentina's only scored 36 goals in the competition. <laughs> so it would have been hard to track down footage of one of those to put in the trailer. Um, so not that I'm bitter, but, you know, I hope that, I hope that, as I say, that was like the the little dangling carrot for me is that maybe... Um, They've got, yeah, they've got, got enough, you know, got another, another bite yeah. at disappointment uh, next week. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's something to look forward to. Yeah, which is different from Venezia, unfortunately, who uh, played the the playoff game against Calgary last night and and ended up losing it two one. And um, actually, it was a similar story in the sense that um, in the second half we we, we went two 0 down. Um, Two terrible pieces of defending, giving Lapadula. Uh, I saw the second goal. The second was one, a, Carboni fell over. Was a comment. Lapadula. It looked like yeah. two defensive yeah. blunders. It looked like a slip in the midfield and then a slip at the back. To... No, it was. I mean, we were slipping about all over the pitch. I don't know if there was something wrong with the pitch, but anyway, it, it was awful. And we and that killed. You know, we had actually started off okay in the first five minutes. It was quite frantic end to end, but we looked like we could match them. Then gave them two goals. And, you know, for the rest of the first half, we never really had a belief, I don't think, at that point. But whatever Vinoli said to them at half time worked because we came out and we dominated the second half. We we scored pretty quickly, Pierini, uh, with a header. And then we could we had a few chances that were good chances to actually score, score at the equaliser. And the crowd in Cagliari were very loud at the start and they'd gone noticeably quiet in the second half. And I think if we had got the equaliser, like Inzaghi, Ranieri had pulled off his his main attacking threats and put on some defenders and stuff. So it would have been interesting. And I was kind of left with a... You know, I'm pleased that we went at them, we panicked them, and we had that chance to come back into it. But I'm a bit annoyed, really, because I don't actually think Cagliari are a better team than us. And... We just seemed to let the occasion get to us in that in that first it looked twenty like, minutes. Yeah, that, that's what it looked, looked like a team that froze. I, I saw the highlights there, and it looked like one team went for it, and the other team kind of just got a bit caught in the headlights, really. And then you know it's hard to come back into a game like that, especially away from home. Yeah, you know, although if you can silence the crowd a bit, that makes a difference. But I mean, that then puts you know you've watched more Serie B than me. Or you you do you think? Cagliari's got any chance of getting through or would you rate Parma a lot I mean the, the I, team that, I would, that Venezia's personally, beaten as would, well yeah I mean I, I would personally put Parma ahead of Cagliari it's two legs so it's perfectly possible for Cagliari to do it but I think it'll be a Parma-Bari uh, final playoff and 
you know, as we said last week, Barry have probably been the third best team in the yeah. league. But Parma are on a good run of form. They look strong. And to me, they look like the best team that we, have, Venezia, have played in the past uh, couple of months. So I think, you know, I would put them probably as slight favourites yeah. to, to take it. But Let's we'll not alienate all our Sud Tirol supporting listeners, Marco, by writing them off either and not mentioning them. No, and fair play to them to amazing, actually have, amazing. get, get yeah. there. I mean, they're, you know, of the names that are now left in the fight, they're an absolute minnow going up against teams with a, you know, that do have Serie A pedigree. So, you know, fair play to them for getting to, getting to that stage. Oh, no, definitely. And, it, you know, just incredible that both them and Barry promoted last year and now have a real chance of getting into Serie A this year. So, yeah, it, you know, I, I don't wish ill will on any of the teams, really, that, that, are, that are left. <laughs> that in is itself, pre- pretty unusual that for in me, itself is a miracle. That <laughs> exactly. in itself is a miracle. Um, that, you know, uh, you... Although I, I have to say, if I had to pick one player, that Nandez that plays for Cagliari is one of these players <laughs> right. that if, he, if he's on your team, you love him, but huh. any other team, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't be sad. Oh, if well, that, well that's one. good. That's good because <laughs> otherwise, I was I was beginning to worry about you. To be honest, when you when you felt no ill will towards anyone, what's happening? This is not the Marco that I know. No, but to, to, I suppose to be a positive note, um, uh, you know, I, I think the the last bit of the season has been very positive. We've covered uh, discovered a good team the players have come into form if we can hang on to Poyampalo if we can keep Zampano and and the other good players that we've got in the team then and and make sensible purchases which I have more faith that we will do now that we've got the new DS then um yeah I think next season we should be looking to actually challenge for a direct promotion. That's what that should be our goal. De- really, definitely. When you look at what's coming down as well, there's nothing breathtaking mm-hmm. coming down from, from Serie A. You see if Samp can get, you know, they see they've got new ownership, so I guess if they can sort themselves out, they would be a giant coming down. But I don't think Cremonese, Spezia, Verona, no. but are, are, you know, terrifying teams. So you definitely should be looking to to make the playoffs more comfortably or ideally get a get an automatic promotion. It play. would be nice to have one season where we were like, we are the team. Yes, <laughs> yes, know? that would be you good. Know? That would be good, to, yeah. To do what Frosinone did. Yeah, yeah, Geno, absolutely. You know, that, that would be lovely. Absolutely. Yeah, I can dream, I can, but, dream. Aye, but, yeah. but before we go, I know this episode is running long, but I just wanted to mention quickly the, the under-20 yeah, World absolutely. Cup and uh, the... Italy team in particular who got off to a sensational start uh, beating Brazil who were the South American champions beat them uh, ended up 3-2 but for an hour of that game they were absolutely dominant over over the the Brazil team and then in true (laughs) sort of Italian World Cup fashion managed to balls it up against Nigeria but then came back and, and got an easy win against Dominican Republic so they are into the next round it looks like they'll play England in the next round and there's some good players emerging from that Pafundi looks like an exciting player Baldanzi's look good and uh, of course Casadei has been the man so far yeah yeah absolutely yeah no he's I mean four goals in the tournament now I mean that's impressive return the only thing I'd feel saying this to you earlier that um a bit of a shame that it's going on whilst league footballs. I mean, I suppose yeah. it affects everyone equally. It's not like it's 
only hampering Italy. But, you know, there'd be players who were eligible to play in this tournament who are stuck kind of in there still doing league battle. And it's a shame not to honour the tournament with the, with the very best. I'm sure that the genius that is Sam Allardyce could have maybe freed Wilfred Nyonto from the three minutes he let him play in, in Leeds uh, relegation decider um, and let him come on when the game was already decided anyway. I don't know what he did. I don't know what he did. Maybe he had a bad Italian meal the night before and decided to take it out on Nyonto. I don't know. But, you know, no, Italy have looked, have looked pretty good in that. You know, it's always it's funny going to watch youth level football after watching kind of the top level football and there's a lot more space there's a lot more time to to do things and you do get Casadei does look a bit like the sort of playground bully he's just he's physically big he's strong the goal he scored against uh, the Dominican Republic he was doing like 20 step overs before he he battered it in you know he does look I I think the Baldanzis look very good as well Pafundi what I've seen maybe still a bit lightweight you know I mean but then he's he's only a wee boy you know that's he's he's playing is it three years up I think in that in that tournament yeah. I think he's only 17 so you know potentially he's playing against boys that are you know at least a couple of years older than him and that that makes a big a big difference but yeah no there's there's same um, there's some good prospects in that and certainly you know England have come on a lot in youth level football in recent years as well so I don't doubt that that would be a, a tough game but that same you know if you're looking for a night's view and I think that's on straight after the Europa League final I think so you know what a night of football what a, exactly what a night of football you know so although I wouldn't put it past Mourinho to take that game to penalties <laughs> and drag true. it on late so you might miss the first 15 minutes of the of the under 20s but definitely definitely worth a watch some interesting some interesting boys and we're always you know Forza Azzurri Forza Azzurini so hope they go as as deep into that tournament as they can Absolutely. Well, we have rambled on a super extra long episode, yep. but I hope you'll forgive us given given our, the games that our teams were involved yeah, in. Yeah, a lot of week. material there, a lot exactly. of material there. Um, so if you enjoyed the episode, please do give us a follow, a like, a subscribe, tell your friends, all of these things that always helps us grow as a podcast. And uh, we will be back next week for what is likely to be the last episode of the season, or perhaps there might be a bonus episode. We might do a bonus one. Please, Marco, if Fiorentina happen to win a European trophy after 63 years or whatever, we need to to convene again. (laughs) I think we can allow that. Okay, but otherwise we will speak to you next week anyway. Definitely.